So the thing that I want to talk about this morning is this. God uses pain, he uses weakness, and he uses vulnerability to lift his name up, and he uses it also to draw people out of their shells and draw them closer to himself. So here's the thing. I don't know where you're from. I don't know what your life looks like right now. I don't know what your marriage looks like right now. I don't know what your business looks like right now. But I do know this. I am absolutely confident of this, that God never wastes pain, ever. He never wastes weak, vulnerable moments in our lives. I think when we look at society a lot of times, um, the strong survive, right? Strength is something to be admired. And when you see somebody in a weak and vulnerable place, it's very easy to look down upon these people and say, you know what, they don't have it together. Or if they wouldn't have made these financial decisions, then this would have never happened. And it's very easy for us to begin to start to think of all the situations of why somebody shouldn't be there. But I begin to think about it. And some of the things I thought about this week, especially with our team and people serving and then even people trapped in their homes, I bet at some point every single person in this room felt a moment of weakness. And I I bet you felt it in four different areas. Number one, um, let's explore just a few things. I bet you felt physically weak. Anybody here, show of hands, you just felt physically weak this week? Um, There was actually a time... When I think it was about the fifth day that we had been serving, and uh, man, I have not, I'll just be honest with you, I haven't eaten well this week, I probably ate like one meal or so uh, yesterday, uh, finally, I was like, finally, I have some time, I pull into Popeye's, I'm, I'm like, I'm going to get some chicken, and then I get a phone call, and they're like, hey, we need you over here, so we're over here, I'm like eating chicken, trying to talk to people, it was just crazy, um, but at one point, I literally, I had to go sit down in my car, I felt like I was about to pass out, and I'm, I'm sure many of you um, in this room through the past seven days have just felt physical exhaustion. I'm, I'm watching all of workers as they, relieve, uh, as they would leave the relief center and everybody's walking around like this, holding their backs, you know, and all that kind of stuff. I bet the second thing that many of us have felt is just being mentally weak, mentally exhausted, emotionally. I think the third thing that we've all felt is just being emotionally exhausted. We've been at a place where we feel like, man, our emotions have kind of governed, governed and controlled our actions. Or the fourth thing that maybe we've felt is we've felt spiritually weak. Maybe some of us in here have asked the question, like, God, where have you been? God, where are you at in these past seven days? Why did you allow my flood or my home to get flooded or everything that I owned and have? Why did this happen? I want to pose a question to you this morning. Could it be that weakness is the way to genuine strength. That weakness in your moment of vulnerability, in your moment of being physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually exhausted, that God wants to use that to draw you closer to himself. So here's what I want to challenge you to do this morning. I want to challenge you to open up your hearts and open up your ears. And could it be that through all of this, that God is trying to speak to us? That God is trying to do something? You know what? I looked, I had a, a conversation with another pastor in town, and he told me, he said, you know what, all the influence and the relationships that you guys have been able to form over the past seven days, there's no way, unless something like this would have happened, you couldn't have done that in 10 years. And it really is true. I could not believe some of the people that I had the privilege to sit in the room with or the people that we've had the privilege to serve. In the past seven days of serving 6,400 people, only God could do that. And and here's the thing, God used a weak and vulnerable moment in the middle of this community's disaster and despair to unite us. Here's what I want to say, 
whatever weakness you're facing personally, God wants to do the same thing for you. So you may look at, you know, a broken marriage, you may look at a broken job, you may look at a broken family, and could it be that God wants to use that weakness, that vulnerability, to draw him to, to draw you to himself? Actually, as a matter of fact, the gospel is pretty countercultural. Um, Jesus uh, tells us that we're to boast in our weakness, that we're to boast in our weakness. Look at this, this is 2 Corinthians, this is Paul writing this in chapter 12. It says, so to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelation. So this is what's happening. This is what's going on. Paul's saying, I've got, God gave me an insight. He gave me a truth that nobody else knows. And to keep me from being prideful, this is what God does. To keep me from being conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the, res- of, of the revelations, a thorn was given to me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me. Anybody feel like this, is, like this this week? Like, man, God, you just sent like the devil after me to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. And I love this passage. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this. So this is what Paul's saying. Three times I went to God and I said, God, I'm at my weakest moment. I feel so vulnerable. I feel so weak. I feel so desperate. And three times I went to the Lord and I asked him, can you please take it away from me? And this is his reply. Three times I pleaded with the Lord that it should leave me. But God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. Now watch this. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, calamities, and we can even add in there floods. For when I am weak, then I am strong. For when I am weak, then I am strong. You know, the thing I love about Jesus is he consistently modeled weakness for us and how it was actually the way to genuine strength. So let me give you a picture of this. Jesus, the Son of God, creator of the universe, the one who placed the stars in line and put them into place, came to the world in the form of a baby. The form of a baby, the most, the weakest human state that anybody could be in, helpless. Jesus king ruler of the world did not come in a palace he was not born into a king's family he was born in a stable he wasn't born to a wealthy man he was born to a carpenter jesus savior of the universe stripped and beaten hung naked on a cross he models this weakness He's even at a moment of weakness before he gets murdered, before he gets crucified on the cross. When he's sitting, he's kneeling down in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he's so weak. This is Jesus. I want you to remember this. This is Jesus we're talking about. He's so weak, and he cries out to God as Father, and he prays this. Father, if you're you're willing, remove this cup from me. This is what he's saying. If there is any other way that I don't have to go through what I'm about to go through, I'll take it. I'll take it. This is Jesus saying this. But he says, nevertheless, not my will be done, but yours be done. And there, this is, I find this amazing. And there appealed to, appeared to him an angel from heaven strengthening him. So Jesus was so weak that God sends an angel from heaven to strengthen him. Now keep in mind, Jesus created the angel that came down to strengthen him. Okay? And being in agony, he prayed most earnestly. And his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. 
This is the narrative of the story where we see Jesus at his weakest point. We see him where he's saying, if there is any other way to go about this, I will take it. I want you to notice something, though. Jesus' acts of weakness have become our greatest source of strength. Jesus' acts of weakness have become our greatest source of strength. Let me prove it to you. If there was no agony in the garden, then there was no cross. If there was no Jesus that was crucified on the cross, then you have no way to get to Jesus. Every moment of weakness, every moment of vulnerability that Jesus said, here's my weakness, and I turn it over to the Father, it benefits us in some kind of way. Every act of weakness is Jesus declaring what we just read in 2 Corinthians. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So listen, this community right now, families right now, I know many of us in here have had flood damage and and people have lost things that they've collected their entire life. And here's the deal. I don't know where you're at, but I do know that many of you probably feel weak right now. I know many of you probably feel vulnerable. I know many of you probably feel exhausted. I know many of you probably feel drained. And could it be in this moment right now that God is trying to use this weakness rather than us just to sit back and numb, he wants us to press in. Because here's what happens in our culture. When we feel weak, we don't know what to do, so we just sit down and we live in a Netflix culture, right? (laughs) We just sit down, I'm going to watch like three seasons of whatever, or I'm going to sit down, I'm going to get on Facebook, and I'm just going to numb out. And the only reason that we do that, there's one reason we do it, is because we don't want to think internally. And listen, every time you feel weak is an opportunity for you to find strength. Every time you feel weak is Jesus inviting you into a side of himself that you've never experienced before. Every time you feel vulnerable, every time where you feel at a place where I don't know what to do anymore and you throw your hands up in the air and you say, I don't know where to go from here, Jesus is inviting you to draw you in, to find out who he is. That's what I love, honestly, I hate that the flood has happened, but I love to see what God has done. I absolutely love to see what God has done because he's used vulnerability, he's used weakness to glorify himself. But here's the truth. The sense of weakness can cast this dark cloud over our existence at times, can it? It puts us in like this fog. You ever feel like you just go through seasons where you just kind of like, you feel like you're just making it through life? Like you get up, you get dressed, you get some coffee, you go to work, you get home, you watch some TV, you go to bed, and you do it all over again, and you feel like you're just trying to survive. You feel like you're in a fog. And here's the truth. I hear it said all the time, and I understand the context of it, but I just think it's quite laughable sometimes. Like when people say, when they say to me through different things like this, hey, brother, just stay strong. Like, what does that even mean? Like, because I don't, on my own, I don't have any strength. I can will up some power, and I can try to pull myself up by my bootstraps and try to stay strong for a little while. Can I tell you how many single times this week I wanted to just be like, I'm done. I'm done. I cannot take another phone call. I cannot go to another place. But the truth is, as I continued to push into Jesus, I'd find strength again another day. And some of us, here's what we want. We live in a culture that is so quick, we want to just be able to pray to God, and all of a sudden, instantly, he fixes all of our problems. But the truth is, there's no relationship in that. 
If I were to go to my wife today and I said, hey, listen, everything's been going great for the past almost nine years now, but listen, I think we should probably talk to each other once a day. Would that suffice? Like, that, that wouldn't work, right? That wouldn't be a relationship. And a lot of times when we find ourselves in moments of vulnerability, that's how we expect God to operate. God, I just want you to come in, fix my weakness, give me strength, but I have no desire to have a relationship with you. So if you feel vulnerable, and I, I probably sound like I'm on repeat, but I want you to leave here with this ringing in your ears. If you feel vulnerable, if you feel weak, it's an invitation. It's not a defect. It's not something where you say, oh, I'm just so broken and I can't get to God. No, it's God inviting you to know him. Because here's the truth. Your own strength on your own without Christ is quite laughable. And I'm I'm not trying to make a joke, but it's just the truth. Because here's the truth. Your strength is fleeting and it can be taken away from you at any moment. Let me prove it to you. A few years ago, um, it's one of the reasons my wife will not let me ride a motorcycle anymore. A few years ago, I'm coming out of the motor... Uh, I had a little moped. It's not really a motorcycle, but it sounds cooler to say it as a motorcycle. Um, I had a little moped. I drove it around for a year, and it took me about a year to convince my wife to actually let me get it. <laughs> and uh, and I can, at the time, we only had one car, and I'm like, listen, there's no reason to take out a loan. I can buy this moped for like $1,100. We'll pay cash. You know how much the insurance was on that thing a year? Seven bucks. Seven dollars. Do you know how it it literally got, listen to this, 90 miles to the gallon. I would fill this thing up maybe once every three weeks, which was just amazing. So for a year, I had no accidents. I take that back. I was coming around the church parking lot in a gravel road acting retarded, and I drove around the gravel, fell off, never told my wife about it. Um, It was one of those things you fall off, you're like, oh, God, nobody saw that, and you get back on, you know. Um, so I'm coming out of McDonald's, just, I had a meeting with somebody, I don't even know who it was, I'm coming out, I'm driving on Highway 26, I'm in the left-hand lane, and there's this lady in this huge Crown Victorian car, and I'm sure that thing has about 50,000 blind spots, and she just got over into the left lane, bumped me hard enough, and I'm driving 45 miles an hour on this thing, bumps me, my bike flies out, and I just eat the pavement like a slip and slide, and, um, What's crazy is, which it was a God thing, I, I don't know how I did this, I'm sure it was just a drawn, I stood up real quick, and I passed out in the grass, and when they came and got me, I was laying in the grass of the hospital of Jennings American Legion, and they charged me $1,500 to put me in an ambulance and go to the hospital, but I'm still bitter about that. Um, <laughs> I really am. Uh, <laughs> but here's the deal, after that happened... Like, I, I, I could not wear pants for, like, two months. to wear shorts. I felt so weak. I felt helpless. I'm laying on the couch. My wife is dealing with kids. And there was this moment of vulnerability, and I learned something in this. In that moment, God showed me something, that at any second, whatever you hold so dearly, it can be taken away from you. And if your hope is placed on, listen to me, let me talk to the men real quick. If it's placed on how strong you are and how much you can pick up and move around, do you know that could be taken from you in a heartbeat? And if your identity is found in, oh man, I'm a man's man, I work with my hands, I work with my back, I do this kind of stuff, that could be taken away from you in a moment. If your identity is found in just being a rock star mom and handling kids all the time, that could be taken away from you in a moment. 
And so this is why our strength must not come from our own abilities. It's got to come from Jesus. If your identity is rooted in Christ, it can never be taken away from you. Here's the truth. At the core of all of our existence, there is this craving for admiration, isn't there? There is this craving to be noticed. There is this craving for us to appear strong in front of people. I can't tell you how many times I see it, especially in church, every single Sunday. People walk in the doors and they shake my hand and I ask them one simple question, are you okay? And they say yes. And you can just look in people's eyes and you know they're lying. <laughs> you know it. But it's, been, it's this common response because we're, we're polite people in South Louisiana, right? We don't wanna, I don't want to inconvenience anyone. Here's the greatest thing about community and what I've seen this past week. You can come to a church and you can come to a place and you can get around people and you can be weak. You can be weak and you don't have to have it all together. Jesus actually says, come to me just as you are right now and I'll actually carry your burdens. And some of you, you got to understand that this morning. You have no strength inside of yourself to carry everything that you need to carry. You can't do it on your own. I mean, look at it this way. Nobody expected a flood to come. And this just drove every planner in the world crazy, right? For those of you that like to have your calendar organized, on this day I know it's on this day, on this day I know it's gone this way, on this, like this just ruins your whole year, right? It just throws everything out of whack. Man, I saw so many people this week that probably felt like they were just at their wit's end. They felt like, man, I'm, I'm just done. I have nothing left. And maybe some of you feel like that this morning. I know that we've got a few families here this morning that you still don't have a home to go back to. Some of you are still staying in hotels. You're still staying with family members. Listen, it's okay. And the truth is, whatever situation you're in right now, God wants to use it. He's not going to waste it. He's not going to waste your pain, and he's not going to waste your moment of weakness. So I have three things real quick. What do we do in moments of weakness? What do we do when we feel vulnerable? How do we learn to find strength in Christ? Because here's what I find we're really good a lot of times as Christians, especially coming to church. We're really good at reading scripture. We're just really terrible at understanding how it should actually apply to our life and then what we should, we, what we should do about it. So three things. When we feel weak, what do we do? Number one, we learn to look to Jesus for our source of strength. Look to Christ. Listen, <laughs> This is what's been so phenomenal about this week. Everybody's forgotten about their life for about seven days. Everybody's put aside their weaknesses. Everybody's put aside their comforts. Everybody's put aside what they think they need, what they want. Everybody's put aside the plans that they have for their own life. And everybody's stepped up to a selfless place and said, hey, we're here to serve. We're ready to go. What do we do? And here's the truth. It is extremely hard in moments of weakness to look to Christ if your eyes are on yourself. You ever see those people that they come in and they never have anything positive to say? Nothing. It doesn't matter if somebody gave them $100,000. They would still find something negative. Well, he gave me $100,000, but I didn't wait, like the way he looked at me after he left. Like, dude, he just gave you $100,000. <laughs> 
Like those people that can find negativity in anything. And here's what God is wanting to teach us through this whole situation. You can't learn to find strength in the moments of weakness if your eyes are on yourself. You can't learn to look to Christ if all you can think about is your current situation, your current status, your current promotion, whatever it may be. The second thing we've got to learn to do is we've got to learn to love Jesus with everything that we have. Let me just say it this way. We've got to learn to stop regarding human approval as anything important. Because at the end of the day, the only approval that matters is Jesus. And can I tell you this? God loves you and he approves of you today. He loves you and he approves of you today. This is what Paul says. I think most people take this verse out of context and they tattoo it on their arm because they think it sounds really cool, but I don't think most people really understand it. This is what Paul says. He wrote this earlier in, in, in 2 Corinthians. With me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you. It is the Lord who judges me. Most people, you know, they oh, only the Lord can judge me. Listen, you know what that even means? It means this. This is what Paul's saying. I don't care what everybody else is saying about me. As long as God approves me, I'm going to keep moving forward. That's what he's saying. That's all he's saying. And listen, so many times we spend so much time, we spend so much energy and so much effort in getting people's approval over our life, and we could care less about what God thinks about us as long as so-and-so approves of us. As long as people approve of us. And listen, the only thing that's going to last, the only thing that matters in this life is God stamping his stamp of approval on you and say, hey, well done. Well done. And here's the truth. If you came in here, man, busted up, you feel weak, you feel marred, you feel like, man, I just feel like I'm barely hanging on. Today you have an opportunity to look to Christ, to learn to love Jesus, and he approves of you. He approves of you. The third thing, I think this is the most important one. We've got to learn to lean on Christ. We've got to learn to lean on him. Meaning this, Christ has got to be our source for strength. Listen, if you're weak right now, if you're depleted right now, you don't need a vacation. Although it would be nice. You're going to come back and you're still going to be tired. You ever go on the vacation and you feel t- more tired than when you, when you left? <laughs> and we can think all these things. We can fill in the blank, whatever, whatever it is. Man, if I could just have this, if I just had a little bit more money, if I could just get away for a few days and kind of just, man, declutter, I would feel so much better when I come back. You know the only problem with that solution is when you come back, you still come back to yourself. <laughs> you never escape you. And so your source has got, your source of strength has, you have to learn to find it in Jesus. So in those moments of weakness, in those moments of disability, in those moments when you feel so depleted, it's learning to put something in place where I have to find my strength from Christ. So it may look like something like this. What stirs your affections for Jesus? What makes you want to know Jesus more? What makes you want to pray? What makes you want to read? What makes you want to connect with God? And I think as a church, so many times we've institutionalized it. We've made it in this kind of way where it's just like it has to be done in this certain regimented way. And I think, honestly, God really doesn't care. I think, for me, I'm, 
you know, my personality, I'm, I swing more towards the artistic side. I love the arts. And so for me, I've always seen connecting with Jesus as, man, I can get in an environment and I get in a, a coffee shop or in nature or something, whatever it is. And if it begins to stir my affections for Christ and I want to know him more with whatever I'm doing, then I need to learn that I just need to do that very often. Very often. So for some of you men in here, like I know you love getting on tractors or four-wheelers or whatever, could it change? Could it possibly be you just join something that you love doing and pop your headphones in and listen to the Bible or whatever it is? I think for so long we've made it, especially if you've grown up in church your whole life, it's kind of like you got to wake up early. If you don't wake up early, then God's not there, you know? You got to wake up real early. You got to read your Bible. You got to you know, at least for you got to read at least ten chapters. You got to pray for at least an hour. And if you didn't do that, then God probably didn't hear you. You know what I love about the Psalms? It's most of them are fifteen, sixteen, seventeen scriptures, and all it is is people saying, "God, I'm hurting. I'm broken. And where are you? And I'm coming to find you." That's what most of us need to do. Most of us need to learn how to cry out to God. To lean on Jesus in our times of weakness. See, Paul reveals in the text that God assigned him a weakness on purpose. (laughs) On purpose. It says three times he pleaded with the Lord to take it away. And Jesus' response is this. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. My power is made perfect. Maybe the reason that God hasn't taken away some of the things that you deal with is because, listen to this very carefully, because if he took it away, you'd have no reason to spend time with him. If your life was perfect, if everything went smoothly and and everything always went well, would you have a reason to cry out to Jesus? So for some of us, the reason we feel weak consistently is because God knows it's the only way that you're going to spend time with him. It's the only way. I can't tell you, in my moments of weakness, in my moments when I feel so depleted, the only thing that I know how to do is cry out to Jesus to find strength. So with great confidence, Paul begins to declare, when I am weak, I'm strong. He has this revelation. He begins to understand, okay, genuine strength comes when I embrace my weakness. The truth is, weakness is the way to genuine strength, according to the gospel. And the truth is, God's not going to allow you to stay strong forever. Let me close it by giving you an example. In 2 Corinthians 4, 7, it says, But we have this treasure in jars of clay. To show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not us. Let me unpack this real quick because it's very powerful. Jars of clay was an ancient metaphor for just human weakness. Okay? For human vulnerability. And when he says we have this treasure, he's saying this gift of salvation. The good news of the gospel. So God takes the greatest news on the face of the earth and then he gives it to human beings. Jars of clay. You ever seen a clay pot? It looks sturdy, it looks strong, but you drop it on the ground, it's just going to shatter everywhere. It really is a weak piece of pottery. And the beauty of it is this, that God loves us so much, even in the middle of our weakness, he's willing to trust the greatest gift of salvation to mere weak human beings. 
So listen, you don't have to have it. This is what this means. You don't have to have it all together for God to trust you. Because <laughs> he takes the greatest treasure in the world and he gives it to us and he entrusts us with it. And why does he do that? To show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not us. That any strength that you find today right now, it's not derived from you. It's not derived from you changing your lifestyle or your habits. Listen, moms, I don't care how awesome you are at home. I don't care if you're on like, you got all your kids on a vegetarian diet and you're like, they're never going to get cancer and they're never going to do any of that kind of stuff because I am a rock star mom. Here's the truth. Just be honest with yourself. There's days when you feel absolutely depleted and you feel like you have no idea what you're doing. Can I be honest with you? This past week, for me, I had people come up to me, and thank you guys for the church. Thank you for what you guys are doing. You guys are doing great. And it was overwhelming to me. It really was, because it's like, man, I, I felt like we just got things in place. We just, we just kind of stood up and began to lead stuff, and God began to do things. And we just kind of backed out of the way. It was phenomenal. We get on Facebook and ask for volunteers, and literally in 30 minutes, everybody's there. And you're like, okay, we don't need this many people. <laughs> we need some of you to go home is what we need. But here's what weakness does. It causes us to remember that our strength does not come from what we can muster up. Our strength comes from Christ. True strength comes not from our abilities, but it comes from Jesus. Listen to this, 2 Corinthians 4, 8. For we are afflicted in every way, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not driven to despair. So this is how we're going to get through this. We may be perplexed, we may be crushed, but we're not going to be driven to despair. We're not going to be driven low. We're not going to allow the enemy to creep into our hearts and say, this is just how it's going to be, and life is going to be horrible from here on out. We may be confused. We may have some questions of why God allowed things to happen in our life. But here's the truth. If you really know Jesus, you're not perplexed. You're not confused. You're confident that your God is good. That at the end of the day, he's a good father. And sometimes he allows things to happen to us so that we can wake ourselves up to what he's trying to do. See, when your source of strength is Christ, it's everlasting. It's never ending. And then Paul finishes the verse. He says, we're persecuted, but we're not forsaken. We're struck down, but we're not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our bodies. Your weakness is your greatest opportunity to bring God glory. So let me close with this line. And this may be quite controversial to what you think, but I know it to be true. Weakness is not a defect, it's God's plan. Weakness is not a defect in your life, it's God's plan. And let me prove it to you. Every single person in this room is going to die. Every single person in this room, you may laugh about it now, but you will one day have the walker. (laughs) You're going to one day get out of your bed and your bum back's not going to work anymore. (laughs) There's going to be a day when your eyesight is not as good as it used to be. 
There's going to be a day that comes when the hands that used to pick up all the things and move them certain places can't do it anymore. There's going to be a day when you found your identity and approval in certain things and the approval and identity that you found it in, you will no longer be able to do those things anymore. Weakness is not a defect. It's God's plan all along. It's God's plan. He's not going to let you stay strong forever. And the only way The only way that we are rid of this weakness forever is if we know Jesus and one day we die and we come face to face with him. Then we are made whole. Then we are made perfect.